2: Greetings, nerds. This is a Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will?
1: Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing great. I already have the title of this episode.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: And joining us tonight is our in-house Arrow expert, Tasha. Welcome back, Tasha.
1: Thank you
0: so much for having me. Yeah,
1: yeah. you're, yeah, you're going to have to carry the Arrow conversation. I mean, I watched this week's episode, but, but I will defer to the two masters here, because you guys oh. are... You guys are like the Arrow experts.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! We're we're not here just to talk about Arrowverse. That's like five minutes. We have yeah. Elite to cover. We have Succession. I mean, Tasha's not just defined by one show. I have been yes. following this girl, yes. and she's just a TV expert. She knows totally, what's yeah. happening. She, yep. she, I don't know how many hours in a day she has. I only have twenty-four, but my <laughs> gosh, the amount of shows you watch, and it is crazy.
0: And yeah. you know my weird viewing habits are like randomly binging three and four episodes at a time because I, I never watch everything all, like I never watch stuff when they're airing. Last weekend I watched like four episodes in succession back to back to just finally finish out the season.
2: Man, I, you know, that, those four episodes though, run, binging those, that must have been something because... It, it I watched so them good. week to week and I was just blown away. Like the escalation and then that finale, that's one of the most per- perfect season finales I've ever seen.
0: It was so good. Oh, oh man. It was so good. And Logan's face at the end was the best part because I feel like he knew.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel
0: like he set it up. He wanted his son. He told them, he's like, I don't feel like you have the killer instinct. Right. And as soon as he went and he threw him under the bus, he he kind of turned to the side and had that little smile. Mm-hmm. Like there it is now, because he 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 said like, "Oh, they aren't going to accept it being me." Right, like, it's thrown on the bus for the whole um, travel situation in their company. But the whole time they he had gotten the phone call from them saying. The whole board saying, "Hey, guess what? We want it to be you. You should be Mm -hmm. thrown in the bus for this. You're horrible." So that was such a great finale.
2: So blood sacrifice. The the only thing that was missing for me, at least, and there was a little of it, but this season I am all in on Kendall and uh, or not Kendall, but Roman and Jerry. That dynamic was so fascinating.
0: I love it so so much did you read there was an interview photo Mm -hmm. around online Mm -hmm. you we read that interview right and it's oh that happened between the actors behind the scenes and they were just like oh this works they just naturally had that chemistry so they wrote it into the script and i love when stuff that like that happens i mean we saw it happen on arrow it happened on um my gosh there's like a detective show where the tech girl and the one of the um, CSIs or whatever. Oh,
1: not uh, not CSI! Oh, gosh. And I CIS? It's
0: no, it's not S- that one.
1: C- Actually, C- CSI? This, the, the original?
0: <laughs> no. No. Oh my God, we're a mess tonight. This, uh, no. the guy from SWAT—he's on the SWAT show now, but he used to oh. be on up to the Profiler show. Oh,
1: I know. What, yeah, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. That's the one. Yeah, Criminal yeah, Minds.
0: that was a good show. Yeah. That, that was a very and, good show. Those two, like, they just met behind the scenes and they started flirting and it was something that they wrote into the script because they were just like, wow, these two are a mess. I love when stuff like that happens. So Jerry and him, that was, that was so much fun.
2: I like how we were naming all of these shows with acronyms, <laughs> and then it like, turned out to be Criminal Minds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so all nice it's all the I'm same show.
1: It's all the i was looking around to it. They're all the same. They're, they're, it's a police procedural drama. Just, you know, just different night
2: Mm -hmm. I won't get I won't get into it I have my procedurals it's called the Arrowverse that's true yeah oh yeah (laughs) but what really floored me was when you started tweeting about Elite season two because that season I thought I was one of the few people watching it and loving it and then I saw your tweets and I was like yep Yep, Tasha knows what's happening and what's no knows what's going on right now.
0: I didn't watch the first I binge both. Mm-hmm. I, I binge them back to back and season two was so good because I didn't expect that Samuel and Guzman had set it up from the beginning. Like I just that wasn't I was like, oh man, please tell me they didn't kill Samuel. This is I don't want this. Right. And the entire time they just show this this tension that guzman hates this guy's guts like he doesn't like him he thinks he him and his brother are the reason he lost his sister so there's just no way so i just love that that was the twist at the end that the entire time they were working together because they wanted to prove who killed her
2: right and I really fell in love with this show because of Nadia and Guzman so I didn't really care about Samuel I had no investment but this season that whole dynamic between him and I forget her name I want to say it's Anna but I don't think so Carla
0: Carla. Carla. yes
2: oh my god they were so fascinating and I love how they ended It
0: it I feel like Carla's kind of a sociopath. She,
2: she definitely has some daddy issues.
0: <laughs> like there's a cruelty to her and it's like she doesn't want to be that way. She definitely has daddy issues but there's like this very closed off, very strange kind of cruelty about her but there's also this softer side that she's always kind of hiding from everybody and it's weird because she you see her like play it. like The actress is very good. She. There's a struggle in her to try to be a nice person. It's it's very fascinating to watch the two of them. Because they like each other, but they hate each other. And they're always trying to manipulate each other. It's right. It's very weird.
2: She does a better job of that than the actor who plays Guzman. Because I could see in season one they were trying to do a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. But... And maybe this is just the difference between females and males because with, I we see that all the time with the male characters where they are originally a bad person or perceived in that way, very cocky and arrogant, mm-hmm. and then of course over time you see that softer side, and then all that that's all you see like tuddly, yeah. suddenly they've gone from the heel to the baby face, and then with Carla, you still by the end of season two you you do like her but you also see there is that manipulation Mm -hmm. a part of her where it's almost survival and you can't fault her for that where she has grown up in a world where she's realized that the only one who's really going to save her or protect her is her so it's not about needing a man it's not about samuel or anything even though she's drawn to him she also knows that in her world, attachments are short term.
0: Yeah, and it can be it. It's something that's easily manip- that's easily used as a weakness. Like her father mm-hmm. will manipulate it, and she doesn't want to give anybody that kind of upper hand over her. So it's right. very much a it's a struggle for her. And, and it's they very character super interesting this season.
2: Oh, absolutely. I and I wish that there were more characters like her on on TV.
0: Yeah, because I think
2: that's very true to um, for a lot of females right now, and that independence and ability to not necessarily have to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow, things just got personal. Will, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have a yeah. I, I I was just sitting back and just enjoying the discussion of, this, of the week too, because I knew you guys were gonna like just totally gush over the show. So. And you've told and you've told me not to watch it, so I'm just like, okay.
2: It's just, well, there's shows I recommend to you, yeah. and then there's shows that I don't. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's one you Yeah, rec- yeah that's one you did. Th- you recommended not to watch. So yeah.
2: I just, I don't, I can't picture you dressed up in your Flash costume watching Elite Season 2. <laughs> I just can't picture
0: that.
1: Fair, fair enough, fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that the entire high school um, 13 Reasons Why drama of it is just going to be like, eh, that's not, that's not for you.
2: <laughs> Which, this show does skew very 13 Reasons Why, but it does it better.
0: Yes, it does. And it's, and
2: it's shorter season. Like, the whole 13-episode thing, Netflix has to start getting over, because I think their shows that are 10 or 8 episodes are far superior than their 13-episode mm-hmm. um, long ones.
0: It's the same thing with yeah. our shows, with the CW shows. The longer you... Sometimes it's just short and sweet. Like, the, the storyline is tighter, it makes more sense. When you're trying to... All that filler, it doesn't help anything.
1: hmm Absolutely.
2: Very much so. Which, I mean, speaking of that, Watchmen debuted um, over the weekend, and it's only nine episodes.
0: So great. I loved that. I didn't expect to like it as much as I liked it.
1: So did you, uh, read, the, I, did you read the comic?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't read okay. the comic. The only thing I did was see, I saw the movie, and I didn't like the movie, which is insane because they had such great actors. And I was bored to tears in that movie for some reason. But I loved this episode. Like, I really loved it.
2: You were bored to tears because my nemesis directed the movie. And he just is known to direct and produce very good trailers for movies. And then when you're watching the movie, you're bored to tears.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, good thing is this (laughs) this movie has... this, This show has nothing to do with the movie. So you... So if you haven't watched the movie, you're to be forgiven, and, and don't feel bad. And don't feel bad because you haven't watched the movie. You're not. You're not missing anything by um, because this this universe is is really more. Uh, it, I guess I've heard back and forth as far as whether it's a direct sequel for, to the original comic or uh, you know it's in the shared universe. So, but yeah, I, I just I, I think. It has enough elements in it that it is, I it would is, uh, call it a sequel to the comic.
2: And, you know, that's one thing, though, that watching the episode, as much as I liked it, it was very refreshing. I love the world building. I love how they did not spoon feed information to anyone about anything. And we were just following the characters. It was very natural. I still felt, having watched the movie, and being the one one of the people who um, really was invested in the movie just because of the trailer, like that trailer, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best trailers ever, I think. I just I remember watching that so many times and then going into the movie and like Tasha said, being bored to tears. <laughs> but still, in knowing that this show's being gonna be produced and on HBO, I kind of wanted to to give those characters where I thought I was going to get this epic story and I wanted to see that all here. And I understand this is the first episode. Nine times out of ten, I always hate the first episodes of things. So I did enjoy this episode. There was just this this absence of those characters that I know are coming or are part of this world. Because... Yeah, there is one character that is part of this world.
1: Yeah, Dr. Manhattan. He has
2: been shown in trailers. So yeah. he is coming.
1: Well, Dr. Manhattan was shown in this one. I mean, he was shown on Mars when the, when his whole structure was collapsing there.
2: Yeah, but they've shown him in other clips.
1: Yeah. So we yeah. know he's in this universe. but
2: And he's coming.
1: Yeah. But the comedian's dead, so he can't return.
2: Well, yeah, and I'm not talking about the comedian. I'm talking about Dr. Manhattan.
1: And then also Jeremy Irons' character is also, I think, Osmond uh, Diaz. So yeah,
2: yeah, um, the character who reminds me of one of my least favorite shows, um, Pennyworth.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you did you watch Pennyworth? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried. Th- we, we... We tried. I tried to give it a good college try, but yeah, just
0: three episodes and then quit. I
1: mean, I made it a four, and then quit.
2: I made it to three, and then I was like, no, uh, -uh. no, no, no. And yeah, people still rave about the show. Anyways, that's a tangent. Um, going back to Watchmen. All right, guys. More thoughts about it. Like it opens up Tulsa, nineteen twenty-one, a very historic like entrance in a show that is. It, like this is what I love about this episode. You, ha- it, it, it really focused on setting a reality. And then, every now and then, you would get glimmers into this is not the reality you're used to or you're living in, But yeah. it still feels grounded enough where you're like, oh, um i I understand that why this situation, like i I get it. Like this is stuff that's currently happening in the world today. So, yeah. Um it it almost is on par with how Game of Thrones did it where it, it really made it feel like you were um it was some kind of story from medieval times and yet as the seasons went, went on and more creatures started to appear you're like no this is a real other world fantasy show.
0: Yeah. I felt like you could connect to like the people like you see Regina mm. King's character and she's like okay I'm just a mom, just at school for show yep. and tell, and that's normal. And then she's driving her kid home, and ah, we're raining squids. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's raining. It's just normal. What? <laughs> so that's just like, okay, this world is very different, but there's something so grounded that you're like, I can connect to the mom part, but the squids, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the, the, I completely agree. I mean, the, 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 the groundedness, it was two things actually from the, at the very beginning, because one, you, you had the silent movie uh, mm-hmm. that, that you know, it just, you know, because it really, when you think about the time period, 1921, it you, you really juxtapose that silent movie with what other big silent movie came out around that time, Birth of a Nation. So, mm-hmm. so where you had a with the in the watchman you did have this true character bass uh the sheriff uh who was bass reeves bass reeves was actually a real person not cuz i know a lot of people are focusing on the tulsa massacre but right in that in that opening sequence there was actually two historical figures uh and i you know i, I knew about the tulsa massacre but i did not i actually learned about bass reeves in this uh in this show um he was an actual U.S. marshal, uh, one of the f- first African American um, individuals. And learning more about him, I think the 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 Lone Ranger character was actually kind of based off of his his exploits and adventures during that time period. So you had him as a sheriff coming in, you know, and then and then of course you had the the Tulsa the massacre, which again, as you guys talked about, definitely set up this real world, this, this uh, grounded this show, uh, which really caught me off guard uh, Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, I wasn't expecting that kind of opening to a, to a, a comic book based show. I don't think
2: anybody was.
1: It it really, yeah. And, and given that that was the context, it was like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, I was instantly like, Oh, I got to see what you're going to do with this. And, and, and as they, Regina King, badass. I mean, she's just, Um, but again, outstanding character. I I love the scene in the school because she's trying to teach these kids, and then you know you have the kid, you know, and it had all these little Easter eggs throughout the in the classroom. I mean, he had the poster of the presidents, and of course, you saw. I was like, is that Robert Redford? Sure (laughs) is. (laughs) (laughs) he's been
0: president for like 40 years
1: he's like yeah and and, and the kid like the red for I was like because I had to watch I watched the show I watched it twice the the pilot and I was just like the first time I missed him saying red for nations but then the second time I was like oh he said yeah and and just and and then of course the other thing that I noticed was was uh, Ashley's kids um, Angela's kids they're white Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so, you know, it it, it ties into that red verations because that was, you know, basically, you know, you had the Black Wall Street that was destroyed by by the mob in nineteen twenty one. And then you see because of the Red Federations and all this other stuff, this new economic empowerment in that community where African Americans are like the ones who are in a nice middle class homes and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so it was just great how they just sort of set that whole world up for even more things to come in that, in, in, in the episode. And of course the season.
2: Yeah. I, I think a lot of us now want um, to take An- uh, Angela's attire and that's the Halloween costume. Oh yeah. Oh, that this year, Cause outcome. like, Oh my God, that, I love that costume. And I, yeah, it was just great. Um, but another character who I thought was used really interesting because I like how they set up this whole you know the silent movie opening caught everyone off guard but then as they transition into present day and meeting the Calvary and also the police force and how it there is very like similar to cowboys and Indians Mm -hmm. and and just in how the names and everything like that fight sequence at the end like, all of the, um, they were on horses, and there's cannonballs, and it, it's like, this is present day, and yet it feels like a war that is happening in another time, like in an older time, without all of the um, technology we have right now. So, it was really interesting, um, even with a pileup of bodies, it, um, that's happened during World War I, and all of the trenches. So, but the, the character was the looking glass. Because I like how the Calvary is using, making this homage to Rorschach with their their mask, and yet with the looking glass, when they put him in, um, I I forget what they called it. Then you got to see why the detectives wear that mask, mm-hmm. and it's very and flash all of those images, and you and it does become all of a sudden a Rorschach test, and I thought that was genius. Yeah. It's like they're both using the same tools, um, to fight this war, but in very different ways. And I, I think that's really, um, ingenious.
1: Yeah. 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 I, it wasn't a genius move and just how it's way they did that interrogation to, to figure out, you know, is this guy, the seventh Calvary white supremacist, um, and, you know, and again, it ties back to the things they set up earlier with the red Redfordations. And and part of the, those, I think, I read somewhere where uh, those, those, the, the Redfordations were set up in a way that exempted um, the African-American citizens of the United States from paying taxes. So, the thing that was the, the Part that gave him away, prior to, uh, Renee King just whooping his ass, was uh, the 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 fact that he said yes when, he, when when the question was asked, should all Americans pay taxes? Yeah. But it was just that that, that whole scene. I mean, he had the, you know this clearly in this world. He still had you know we the images. you still had you know nine eleven didn't happen, and because you saw the, t- the two towers pressed, still there and. Just all the images that they that they used in that in that sequence. It was just it was again just very, like I said, Sarah, Just using the looking glass as the the Rorschach test for uh, trying to ferret out the subversive element. Uh, was just very very good storytelling. I thought and very fresh compared to some of the rote stuff that we're constantly like given each week for some other shows.
0: Yeah all the detectives sitting there behind the, what, the two-way glass. Like, this was definitely yeah. a new spin on yeah. doing an interrogation.
2: Yeah. They don't have that on Criminal Minds. No, they do not. <laughs> um, any other thoughts about Watchmen in the first episode?
0: Oh, um, I'm just excited for the second one.
1: Yeah, I, I... Couple one other thing, as far as Don Johnson's character, uh, sh- the sheriff Judd, and uh, his motivations, because I, I, I the way the way the show ended, it, it, it makes me wonder if he was uh, was a double agent or or was his motives entirely pure? Um, because it, it just seemed very. Com- very convenient how he was how he was offed. And also, it was, I guess, the the kid who, of course, we saw, we were introduced in the Tulsa Massacre. Of course, it's all grown up, Louis, you know, Louis Gossett's character, uh, which I don't think they gave... Did they give him a name? I don't recall if they did or not. Uh, but we do it was him because the letter that uh, his father gave to him when they bundled him up to, to send him out of town to safety... Uh, was was there on the wheelchair, and, um, take care and of the then, little boy. yeah, yeah. And then of course, just the uh, the little end universe will tie-in to the to the to the comedian with the blood splatter on the shield instead of the instead of the happy face.
2: I love that. Um, so predictions, do you think they're going to end every episode with something falling and then a little speck of blood just to pay an homage to that image that a lot of us tie to the Watchmen? I th-
1: yeah, I, I yeah. think it's going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they had Easter eggs all throughout it. I mean, even when, like, Angela was, like, teaching the class with the eggs. The I mean, smiley face in the face egg bowl, eggs yeah. The, well, I mean, it's just all, all these Easter eggs all throughout the, uh, all throughout the show that uh I mean, i I, I haven't read the watch for many years, but I, I've read doomsday clock the direct sequel equals to the comic uh I guess it was a series that came out uh, about a year or two ago, and uh yeah it's it's just you know splattered everywhere at the button so uh yeah that's that's definitely gonna be be there
0: uh, well, I definitely I agree with you about um the character the way his death like leading up to his death. Those like small moments, like when you see him walk away from the rest of the family at the table and then you realize like he's off to the side kind of doing drugs and then he goes back to the table. And then when he talks to his wife and he's like, oh, it's been a really hard week. And I'm just like, why does it it didn't feel like, oh, it's a hard week because, you know, a cop got shot or whatever. It felt like he was hiding something. It felt like Mm -hmm. there was kind of a guilt or a weight or something else that was on him.
2: Yeah. Which is why I spent the entire episode waiting for them to show him um being part of the Calvary.
0: Mm-hmm. I spent
2: the entire mm-hmm. episode and which would have been the easy choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. It, because that's that's the cliche. We've seen it a thousand times where we think that um the main character, they um they have this this quote-unquote wiser person who's able to protect them. But then it, it turns out at the end of the episode that that person's al- also working with the enemy. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. And they they made it the harder way, which was to kill him. And honestly, during that, after at the end of that um, end fight sequence, when they end up crashing the ship, I was like, oh, oh, he's dead. Okay. And then... Yay. He comes out and they start laughing and I was I was still waving. I'm like, okay, where's the shot? I was shot? expecting him to get shot. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Yeah. to exactly. yeah. okay, shoot where So
2: they just they just dragged it out. It was coming and coming and and then they they made it more of um, a statement, which is going to tie into a lot of what they set up because there is a political game happening right now. Um, And I mean, the, he made the decision to allow the police force to um, no longer have to stick with that protocol to release their weapons because they are under threat and attack um, and fear for their lives. So now people, now the police force um, are weaponized. So, and he already made the decision, so I wonder if maybe the debate—well, do we take it back now because he just got killed, or if that further proves that yeah, they, um, need
0: they to keep their weapons exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought up about the weapons too, because that that when we were, were first introduced to present day, I mean, that was the very first scene that we that we had mm-hmm. where the, with the traffic stop, and and the the the, the, the script was was flipped. Again, when thinking about present day, as far as um, you know, with the driving while black or whatever, and you know, this time you had uh, the the uh, farmer who was the guy who was stopped, and and you know, I, I, and I saw this, I, I did see the the police officer getting killed coming. I mean, it was it was pretty well telegraphed that that was going to happen, but just the the way they set up the world, and also to the, the follow up on your point, Sarah, about how they were become weaponized when he was trying to get his taser out of the out of the charge I mean how many times he had to get authorization to use deadly force
2: okay I'm sorry before I said um, that Angela's costume was going to be we're going to see it a lot during Halloween I take it back we're actually going to see the panda costume yes. a whole lot more because <laughs> that was the craziest thing to me <laughs> I was... <laughs> yeah. I so like right. how they they mention the name during that very intense scene and then mm-hmm. they wait a few scenes and then we're back at the police force and they're panning in the next scene. <laughs> it's, like a panda head. it's a panda it's head. A wow. it's, it's not even a full costume. It's just a head. On a human body.
0: And <laughs> They're arguing. You're making the wrong call, Cheese. You're, you're making the wrong call. I'm like, you're a panda head. Who's going to take you know? you seriously, buddy?
2: Do you know how many panda gifts that one scene ruined for me.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I won't say it anymore to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a panda. <laughs> was, all I was thinking about was, you know, that gif with the panda in the office like bashing mm-hmm. all the computer screens. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Same
2: brain, same brain. Totally yeah. agree. I went straight there too because that was for a while one of my favorite gifts to use. I haven't used it in a while and as soon as I saw that I went straight there with I was just like, oh. Oh, no, not the panda from the office. Oh, so great. Oh, oh my God. Oh, all right. So I think that's all of our thoughts on Watchmen. And yeah. Will, you you get an A+, because I did not rewatch it. But after hearing you mention all those Easter eggs, clearly I miss things. I was focused too much on the panda, obviously.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's easy to focus on the panda. I mean, it's, uh, it's just the panda head, everyone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 going to work and like Tasha was saying, how do you take somebody wearing that
0: seriously? <laughs>
1: that's
0: the person yeah, that you have to ask to, to use your weapon. the, panda
1: head. the no. That's, <laughs> yeah, th- that's the trick or treater I'm gonna be looking for. I'm gonna be looking for the panda. <laughs> we're recording next week on Halloween, so yeah, we're definitely. I'm definitely gonna report oh. back how many pandas I saw. <laughs>
2: Oh my God. And not even full costume, just the head. Yeah, just, okay. just the
1: head. Just the head.
2: Okay. And you have to like business ta- um, panda on top and business attire on the bottom. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, even so, I like how, thank God they drop these episodes on Sunday nights because we'll watch an Arrowverse and keeping up on all the shows. Boy, is it tiring for me right now.
1: It's hard. It's hard. It's too many. There's like, what, five shows on concurrently right now? So, I've yeah. lost uh, I mean, so, something always gets lost. I mean, this week for me, is just, it was Supergirl. I did manage to catch every, the other the other four. But, yeah.
2: There's a new Wells. Oh, my yeah. God. Always oh, <laughs> a new Wells.
1: There, there, there is a new Wells. That, <laughs> yeah. Nash Wells. Ash Wells. All but right.
2: Is he
0: like um? Is he? Aren't we getting like Pariah? Like, do we think that Wells is going to be Pariah? No. No, no,
1: I don't think so. No. They do well, duplicate
0: the Wells. Wells. <laughs> well,
1: that, that Dude, Wells they have
2: Wells to spare. They have Wells to spare. Yeah, I mean, you hate watch Batwoman, apparently. <laughs> well.
1: I, I, as as we were saying before we recorded, so just let me hear me out, everyone. So, I I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way. I I like, so, you know, we talked about the pilot, I guess, a couple weeks ago. um, And I said, I will give it, give it, you know, give it a fair chance. And this episode this week, finally, I I was like, okay, it's finally starting to get out of the Arrowverse tropes a little bit. Um, but I, I, I guess at its core for me is the show for me works so much better when we actually have have Batwoman instead of Kate. Um, and it's just, the reason why I say that is I just feel that the way Ruby Rose is portraying Kate is very wooden. And it's just very hard to get engaged with that character because it's just like she is it, just reading lines while she of dialogue instead of actually Feeling acting. Them. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. There's just no emotion there. It's just like I am looking for Alice, and I'm like, okay, give me some emotion. Give me something that convinces me that you're actually doing it the character that really stands out to me is um is uh sophie
2: yes yes and
1: and that's the one that keeps me very interested in this show alice you know it's the it's the old joker phenomenon as far as you know let the serial killer go uh but i i like alice too i mean i think it looks like it's uh could be it's going to maybe grow into a very compelling villain for this show, uh, but those are the two things that are that are keeping me anchored. And of course, and, and when and when Kate is is Batwoman in 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 the costume because I do think the physicality of the character and she does. Ruby seems more comfortable when she is portraying Batwoman instead of portraying Kate.
2: I would actually agree with that. That she she does because. I mean, when you're Kate, you're just playing um, pretty much yourself. And actors, sometimes there's a reason why they went into that profession where they get to play dress up and pretend to be someone else. And maybe Ruby is just finding that it's hard um, to portray that side as opposed to getting into the full Batman outfit and really embodying the superhero aspect of the show. My and i don't have the big issue with her as an actress um i think with the mere material she's given she's you know it's it's minimum um there are of course i don't think it's nearly on par with steven amell or grant gustin or in
0: even
2: terms melissa. of or even melissa there we go i for some reason which i mean i watched supergirl i don't remember anything that happened um because the last <laughs> season continues to yeah. have like <laughs> I've far been like, as superior.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, this season has been a letdown to me so far.
2: Just feels like the same episode yeah. again and again and again and again. But my big problem with Batwoman right now is I continue to watch it and think to myself, "This—if I watch this two, three years from now, it's not going to hold up." The set design is pretty atrocious. Pretty atrocious. I mean. Some of the shots, and maybe they're doing this on purpose, but I'm like, did they take this? Is this the same set that they used in I don't know, 1989 Batman? Because yeah. this just looks so um, storyboard and like like no money whatsoever to produce this show, um, and so that's disheartening. But but I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I don't mind it. I like. They, they are really all in on this character. That's the one thing. Yeah. Despite all of that, there is something about it where the um, they really are making it clear. Like, this is the character from the books. And this is who we're going to present. And we're not going to make any trade-offs. Like, we're not going to alter who she is from the books. Um, you're You're yeah. getting Kate Kane, whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, you are getting Kate Kane, and uh, yeah, and I'm glad they're doing that. Uh, I, I'm and the other thing I'm hoping that they do is they follow, they step out of Batman's shadow because they still, the way I feel like, just address it and move on. You don't need to constantly like have the the I'm better, I'm this, I'm that lines. It's just like, okay, we get it. You're different. Move on. You don't need to like put such a point on it every single week.
0: Maybe I don't know I'm wondering if you know they're basically saying that this front half of the season is like not in tune with um with what with what's happening for all the other shows, yeah, or at least that's what I saw in it, so I'm wondering if maybe some of that is stuff that you know once we get to the crisis once she's like caught up and on part with all the rest of the shows. some of that stuff that people don't like in the first half of the season they're gonna push it aside and then get into the real meat of the story without focusing on oh my god we need to prove that she's better than batman just make her be better than batman <laughs> like yeah
1: yeah i mean the it. character the character we got in elseworlds yeah i mean she was already arrived yeah mm-hmm
2: wearing the red wig and everything
1: i i actually like
2: what they're doing with the batman elements of the show i don't i don't know why i like that going into with the pilot episode there was a a, she despised that character because she blamed the death of her mom and sister on it and then she discovered the truth And realized um, also, more importantly, that it wasn't his fault and that now is kind of she's always adored her cousin. That's very evident throughout the show. But now I think she's even becoming um, has a deeper respect for Batman and what he symbolized, because there is a shift, especially in this last episode where she realizes um, that by doing this by putting on the soup it's not about personal vendettas it's not about saving her loved ones it's about the city and really being a protector and yeah. making sure that um everyone who lives there is safe and no one falls off of bridges so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah. so so there, they Good like point. there's elements that i like um and I like that they're not shying away from it. First season of Supergirl, they completely shied away from Super Superman, and um, and then as the seasons progressed, they started incorporating him more and more elements um, that we all knew into that show, and and it seemed to breathe life into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually don't mind all of the references to Batman.
1: Yeah, I, and like I said, I don't mind him, but I, I just it just. I I was worried that it was just going to get kind of repetitive. So I think you, you made a very good point how they, how this episode in particular, she has made the realization of, Oh, here's, I am now the protector of Gotham Mm
2: -hmm. and,
1: and, and I'm hoping we'll, we'll grow from that. And and yes, the bat man is still there, but it's just, it's, you know, now let's really focus on, on Kate's growth as as the protector of Gotham.
2: Right, right. And especially um not being a crow. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. What's with all of these flying people? Yeah. Like you have Batman and then the crows, crows and- yeah. Oh, God. All right. So Tasha, how are you holding up? I mean, it's the last season of Arrow. I
0: am um... I'm good. <laughs> I feel like. I'm with Steve. The show ended at seven seven 722. It's done. This is their best of highlight reel. You know, uh, 801 was season one. The Deathstroke story from season two is happening in the flash forwards. This episode was flashback to Hong Kong. I think that's the way to end it. That's the way to go out the final season. Just your highlight reel, bring back all the characters you want to bring back and have him learn whatever last special lesson he needs to learn to be the ultimate superhero and save everybody before he, you know, retires to. A beach in Aruba with his wife as he deserves because that's what he deserves. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. He's, not uh-huh. he's not dead. He's not dead. Yeah. Like I I think of all the things, that is the thing I'm least worried about. I don't care how they do it. I'm not even worried about that. They already told me he's not dead.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank he's you.
0: not worried about it. I think
2: <laughs> You know it who else like isn't dead, us? Tasha? Uh, Barry Allen. Thank you. All right, yeah, moving good. on. <laughs>
0: It it, and it's worse with Barry because he said the flash has to die. He didn't say anything about Barry
1: Allen, right? He told
0: Oliver that Oliver Queen's gonna die. He told Barry the flash is going to die. That's brilliant. Yeah, there is Earth 90 flash, there's a bunch of flashes. Any flash can die. Yep, he can lose his powers, he'll still be barry allen he just won't be the flash it doesn't mm-hmm. matter so i'm not worried about barry and i already know i mean the casual viewer i feel like there's a difference between people who podcast people who are in fandom and the casual viewer the majority of the casual viewers if you hit any like youtube comment section they honest to god believe that oliver queen is dead they saw a gravestone they think he's dead oh, <laughs> that's people but the rest of us are like uh, Felicity didn't need a portal and a god to get to her husband if he was dead. Like,
1: yeah. Well, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, uh, no. maybe going to ball hall together. You know, the monitors. You know, <laughs> I mean, doing Oliver, doing Oliver solid for like. You know, leaving his you, family.
2: <laughs> have you yeah. seen Supernatural? I don't know. That could work these days. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's very much one of those situations where he's like, all right, you're going to get me some um, particles over here. You're going to get me a doctor over there. He's just going to send him to get all these things to build whatever he wants to build. And then he's going to be like, you know what, Oliver, for a little while, you're going to be the specter. We're going to throw this ghost in you for a bit. You're going to go fight this guy. You're going to go defeat this guy. And then you're kind of going to die but you're not really gonna die because everybody's gonna think you're dead and they're gonna mourn you and it's gonna be like, oh my God, he was the best superhero in the whole wide world. And I'm gonna dump you on a beach over here and in 20 years, I'm gonna dump your wife right next to you and you guys can just relax. That's that's it. That's how I feel like the show is ending. So I'm just not bothered.
2: What about, um, what are your thoughts on the Diggle brother drama in 2040 Star City?
0: I like it. I think it's a great parallel for um, John and Andy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't think, you know, John has always been like the good stalwart brother and you didn't really expect that his son, biological son, would be the one that that goes dark. But, I mean, if you look at it, now that we know that our Lila is Harbinger, he's going to grow up with His mom is Harbinger, who has superpowers, who flies and makes duplicates of herself. That's weird. And if Dig actually ends up becoming Green Lantern, then that's weird. And he's going to have a little brother all of a sudden that he's probably going to be responsible for. And that's going to be like, all right, my parents are a disaster. And now I have to be responsible for somebody else. And yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I feel like that's what's going to lead to him just going down the wrong path. But I think it's, it's an interesting story for them to explore with, with the two of them, which I'm hoping they do a far better job than they did with, you know, Dick and Andy the first time around. And I think yeah. it gives them the opportunity to do the opposite. Like, his brother doesn't have to die. There's a chance for him to actually be redeemed and for them to save each other as opposed to... As opposed to what John and Andy did, which was kill was one kill the other one.
2: Yeah, I I think in this episode it was the first time when I really paid attention to what was happening in the flash forwards. I'll admit that, and um, it was because there was some good acting and that dialogue between them as brothers um, was really well written for me because. You, 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 you understand both sides of it. I mean, you understand the little brother's perspective and the big brother's perspective, and how a family—it—it it is that time when you constantly are, let's rewind and replay the tape, and then let's pause, and we will see both sides and how there's a misunderstanding. So, I, I hope they flesh that out more. I mean at the end of the day we're just curious about which one of the brothers is going to get Maya. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I mean, we, we watch Hop these we got, for a
0: reason. Yeah, we got smoking hawk on one side, we got Death Star on the other side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's messy but it's actually very interesting. <laughs> Messy, but it's
2: CW.
0: Okay. So my <laughs> okay, one question about like the flash words, which I feel like I understood, but I'm not sure. They um the entire setup was to get JJ and me and the rest of them to come. Like they stole something, they got the um the flash drive. William got the flash drive. He fixed it. Is it because and then they went after William? Is it because, like, William is super rich and he's, like, trying to reunify the um, Star City with the Glades and um, JJ doesn't want that? Is that why he's going after William? No. Um, then why is he going after William?
2: Um, William is um, Felicity Smoke's son. Not biologically, but pretty much um, a replica. Um, I'm, I still want to see evidence that they don't share DNA because— I- of-
0: seriously <laughs> like
2: it's it's kind of ridiculous
0: <laughs> before, um before and comment did me in from last year and i'm just like it, oh my god mm-hmm. there, where is samantha and you child because she's just not there there's she's no gone. there's barely dead, any other. like there's dead, no answer there either it's just it's she's he is felicity smoke and that is it that's yeah just awesome <laughs>
2: And therefore, he is Lois Lane, and <laughs> he—he's he, a hacker. He's got skills. He needed to—I think why they, what really happened, is they wanted him to decrypt that flash drive, only to then steal it from him, and also be sure to have leverage over Connor and friends. Um, so that they could easily still keep the flash drive because on it I think they, there was probably bank records and a lot of financial documents that could be manipulated to even get more money but I don't know it's just how I thought
0: oh, I don't know because one of the when he opened it one of the things that was there was his name and that's why I was just like well why like why do they want is it a list of the richest people In the city And they're going after all those people Like why do you With all
2: of their bank accounts
0: Yeah all I saw was like his name And it was just a bunch of names on the list So maybe it's just a, a list of the wealthiest people And their bank accounts but it was Maybe just it's a burn trendy. book
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a list of everyone Who will die In crisis Damn.
1: <laughs> oh, that don't know. Or, or who died? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. Or maybe, or maybe it's maybe it's Mia's me Mia's notebook. Like you know, as far as how Oliver had his you know Robert's yeah. list, this could be this could be Who's Mia's he's list. gonna
2: have to deal with? Yeah. Maybe it's Santa's list. <laughs> maybe it's a
1: list. <laughs> it's just a list. It's no, just a list. Yeah.
2: Maybe it's pandas.
0: <laughs> i don't know it, it was it's, just it was a little it was just one of those things i was just like why why is this happening but it, but you speaking know speaking about horrible, so there isn't really a reason for anything sometimes and that's just okay
2: and on that note um my other question and my last question for you tasha about arrow is the canary show oh boy Yes, I I went there. I'm just curious about your thoughts because I will admit watching this episode in particular, I fast forward through probably a good 20 minutes. Any of the scenes with Laurel Lance, I was like, "Uh, not interested.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for me, I never hated Laurel. I just didn't care. That's always been my issue with the character. I just didn't care. the majority of the time her storyline just made no sense they weren't consistent with the writing for the character and I just was like I can't take it anymore you've made me dislike this character and have no interest in her then they brought Black Siren and I was like okay I like her she's evil I kind of like that but then they turned her back into Laurel who I didn't care about in the first (laughs) place. So I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And then when they decided, okay, her dynamic with Felicity, that was great. But then they sent her back to her earth and all of her development happened over there. We didn't see any of it. Her bond Mm -hmm. with her sister happened over there. They flat out told us, hey, she's not dating Chase. So that whatever that was happened over there. And now she's mourning all these people and I'm like, but we never saw you have a relationship with any of these people. So I can't feel your pain or your grief because I don't connect to that. Seriously, Oliver putting on his wedding ring, I connect to that because I saw him marry this woman. I saw him have a relationship. I didn't see any of those relationships. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, okay, we're going to develop a spinoff around this character who's always been consist- inconsistently written it's just always been poorly written and they underdeveloped and even when the actress is putting the work in for it they don't put the writing in for it and then Dinah has just always been she's a flip-flop character she wants to be a canary then she doesn't <clears throat> she wants vigilantes then she doesn't <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, but let's not give Katie Cassidy too much credit there, because Katie Cassidy, for me, is like Ruby Rose for Will, wooden, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> wooden. <laughs> wooden. <laughs> I and know, and for I, me, I, I think I, it's a lot of it was. I honestly believe it's miscasting. I just think she was poorly cast. I've seen her in other things, and I've, when she was in Melrose Place, I will be perfectly honest. I she was probably my favorite character on that one season of the show. Honestly, that was the character that I liked the most. I just don't think she was well cast for this part and they've never put the writing in. So there's nothing for her to do and there's nothing for me to connect to. And I'm just like, I don't see why we need to have a spinoff. I understand that she has her fan base, but I don't see why we need to add this character to the spinoff, what it's going to benefit. And I feel like that decision was purely marketing, not story. Marketing. They want to yeah. have a black canary that people recognize to connect because Mia is a female green arrow that they're like, okay, we're doing a completely different spin on this character and people might yeah. not connect to that. So we're going to add something that people are already connected to. And here's your spinoff.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, and another thing too, I mean, this is just a pilot, a backdoor pilot this season. There's there, they haven't been signed to series yet. So we'll see if people actually tune in for it and yeah. so it's it's not guaranteed
2: uh, nobody's gonna tune into well i think people will tune in for it but i it just shocks me if it was purely for marketing and profit considering arrow has had not the best ratings in a while so you're already taking probably your least watched Arrowverse show and now making a spin-off of it because it's ending and and you're utilizing characters that the audience have been split over for all of its run. Like, yeah. every, anyone who has, and and I love how you put it, Tasha, because I've said very similar sentiments. Laurel is the most incons- consistently inconsistent characters on TV. Like, period, and that's that. So... And she's so decisive. Some people love her. Some people hate her. Some people blame the writing. Some people blame Katie Cassidy. Some people blame both. Um, how is that going to really flagship its own show? Like, you're only going to get a half of the audience, if that, and maybe a few others. And then you have the, the hazard that is coming Called Harley Quinn, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the Birds of Prey movie.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's Angel you the Harley that's Quinn. Put a,
0: a big block on any, you know, mm-hmm. characters that they want to use, they're not going to be able to use in this because they want them for the movies. And I honestly, I, the reason I say I feel like it's marketing is because they're like, okay, they feel like Cat already has the Shadowhunters fan base. She already has a good portion of the Elicity fan base because she's the Elicity baby. And then they have Katie Cassidy who has her Black Canary fan base and they're like, okay, we're hoping we can smush these fan bases together and this is going to be our viewership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to carry this show. And they don't care. I mean, CW doesn't care about ratings. They care about merchandising. They care about, you know.
2: Kat really is the Elicity baby. I mean, God. That casting.
0: And, and they, this, from what I see, this network drives on, they love that she has a fan base who did what the Elicity fan base did, which was get billboards and do mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. they don't have to do any real PR because the fans will do it for them.
1: Right, yeah. right. They're and yeah. So they're just they're like, right, very we're good gonna, yeah, right, we're going
0: to use points. this to drive it. We don't need to spend a lot of money. We can just reuse old sets. And this is going to be the show that we're going to we're gonna build. And ratings don't really matter. I mean, they've renewed shows with like 300,000 viewers for yeah. how many seasons recurring. They don't really care. They just want to get enough episodes. If they get to, what is it, 88 for them yeah. to be able to be like, all right, we're going to dump you on Netflix. They get buckets of money. We're going to throw you yep. to TNT. More money for them. They could care less about the ratings. So that's what they're going to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and on that note, um, so a Star Wars trailer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know,
2: we, just just trying to wrap up the show. I mean, we could probably um, spend another hour talking about um, how what a bunch of cheap bastards CW really are, and yet we continue <laughs> yeah, watching <probably>. their shows. <laughs> um, but Star Wars dropped in episode nine. The final trailer, um, Raylo, is coming.
0: And I have not watched it. I haven't watched the trailer. I don't want to miss, watch the tra- you trailer. You didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything. It. You really I did I saw your tweet about it and I was like, okay, well I'm glad I didn't watch it. I'll just wait <laughs> yeah. for the movie. Some of those like really major trailers, I tend to not watch them because I'm just like I feel like it's gonna set me up and then I'm gonna start. Thinking about stuff in my head, and then when the movie comes and be like, No, this
1: doesn't make me happy. So, no, see, no, you wouldn't have had that, wouldn't have been your reaction. Because, and all three three trailers, they haven't told us a damn thing about what's going on. It's just all been eye candy. And that's
2: why I loved it. It's it's great. It's not supposed to tell you you're going to buy your ticket.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, they don't, they really don't need, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just like, Okay, well, and I guess that's what pissed me off so much about the trailer was that. Give me something. Give me something. I, I, you know the, the the one that was at D twenty three actually got me like super hyped for the movie. Uh, you know, seeing Darth Ray and and the, the battle on the Death Star and and with Raylo and stuff. I mean, that got me excited. This one got me pissed off. I'm like, damn it!
2: I'm I, so I, glad you said Raylo right now. It's it's just. <laughs> are are you a sh- Reylo shipper, Tasha? No. Okay, get off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I need, I need this to happen, and that's. You, I was
0: not it. it. I just, though, I just, I've just never, you know i well, watch the movie. You will movie.
2: be after episode nine. <laughs> will, and you know this. I, I told you I was on the fence about even watching the trailer. I didn't yeah. realize you were handing out passes like you gave to Tasha to not watch the trailer. I thought it was homework. <laughs> okay. So we'll take that out well, after the show. No, no, no. Okay, my turn. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything because I want I didn't want to get yelled at, but I'll get yelled at after the show.
2: <laughs> so I watched the trailer. But I'll admit, I skipped through parts because I just wanted to see, I just wanted the experience, you know. I, I'm craving for some excitement. And and there's some lines and there's some clips where I'm just like, you know, I don't want to get my expectations high. However, after watching that trailer, there is some clear indication that my dreams are going to come true. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to make a fan visit. <laughs>
2: like (laughs) PG 13 i don't know i don't know it's really hard when you're a shipper to get off the ship and my ship hasn't even like it we we haven't even set sail yet kind of in a way we kind of did during last jedi but not really it started momentum and and it's like it's like um and tasha this i know you are a shipper um it's like being on the Claroline ship. Oh man, uh, which was the hardest ship I have ever been on. Huh. It made me sick, but I love it, and I still yeah. love it, and I still watch fan vids to this day.
0: Yeah, that. Oh my God, I love them. Like you saw, I you probably saw it because I posted a clip from that scene. And yeah, I was like, oh, this is totally a Mia and um a Mia and JJ scene because. That scene with Klaus and Caroline, I was just like, yeah, yeah. This is that you gotta love it. There are certain things that you're just like, oh, I want this to happen. It's gonna be great. So yeah. It's I totally it's understand be- where you family coming from. Beauty and the
2: beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's that character, they think they're bad, they think they're awful, the girl comes in and makes him realize he's not bad. There is a redemption quality. And and this is why we get in in our heads that we can fix men. Okay, this is really turning into a weird podcast. Willing, you're not helping yeah. me out at all.
1: I I just I'm enjoying the shit <laughs> I just love, I, I'm loving hearing you psychoanalyze yourself over over the podcast. So.
2: <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna wrap.
1: Oh no no <laughs> no, that. we have some. Well yeah, I mean we could. Well I guess we can end on that. Well I, I guess sad note that uh I guess Cloak and Dagger finally got uh but we got worded it got canceled today.
0: Oh gosh. I knew it. I just knew it when they when they got rid of the shows on um Netflix it was just and Punisher yeah. was the last one. I think when they announced Punisher, I think I tweeted, oh man, they are totally gonna end um Cloak and Dagger and they're gonna end the runaways because they wanna put everything on
1: Disney Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. Yeah. I saw earlier in the week, I guess, uh, Jeff Loeb, who was the, uh, head of Marvel television, uh, I guess even prior to Kevin Feige being named creative control officer for, for the Marvel studios and how everything is going to fold it up under, under that, uh, I guess he was already planning on leaving. And I guess with Feige, you know, building his, building that, getting the complete empire of Marvel, uh, that dead. I just put the writing on the wall, and and it's unfortunate because I I know the ratings were down the show this last season, uh, and uh, Freeform does not give as much rope as as the CW does. But uh I, I was really disappointed to see that they weren't going to get a, another season. I know that I know um, Tandy and Tyrone are going to be on Runaways for the crossover, so I was like, oh maybe it gets two and a half, but. Uh, and the other thing, I, I was reading a Deadline article, too, I think that also contributed to it was, I guess, the options on the uh, actors' contracts were, were coming up. So that also contributed to the uh, ease of, I guess, made it easy for them to make the decision.
2: Yeah. Good All right. Thing. Well, Tasha, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and you will be invited back in the future after we have some crisis and some more breakdowns. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
0: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Hindsight20, H-I-N-D-S-I-T-E-2-0.
2: And Will, where can our listeners find you?
1: Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, that's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K.
2: You can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at SinaNerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.